listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Ah! Gore is love, baby. And out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that celebrates the entire catalog of Leif Garrett. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, our look into Tiny Terrors continues as we find ourselves isolated in the snow with some sitcom-style shenanigans as we talk 1974's The Devil Times Five. And whether or not you're up to snuff with your multiplication multipl- up, multiplication tables, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your slow-mo hole. And if you are going in slow motion out on social media, uh, you can find us out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and piranha shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, December 17th, all you have to do is go to screenland.com where they have your, well, let's just say 1970s shag carpet shenanigans taken mm-hmm. care of indoors. Outdo- virtually. Damn, again, we're not virtually, going outdoors. Virtually. Too cold out there, Genius McGee. Too many Toros. <laughs> well, the Friday that this episode is releasing, we're going to be celebrating hey, Christmas. Happy birthday, Christmas! With possibly one of the weirdest holiday horror films out there. Yeah. A film that is uh, technically an international horror film. Mm-hmm. And one that features one of the best mullets that I've seen in quite some time. And a weird Santa Claus armament that just kind of very Michael McDonald-y. It's the entire film is something that needs to be seen on the big screen. It is our final Friday Night Fright of 2021, and we're going out with a bang with Dial Code Santa Claus, a.k.a. Deadly Games. A.k.a. 369 something or other. It goes by many a name, but regardless of what you call it, you need to see it up on the big screen because, again, then for the next two Fridays after that, we're taking the time off. Mm-hmm. So then our ne- our next Friday Night Fright will return in January. Uh, of course, we'll be showing the trailer for that Friday, uh, but I want to reveal what it is. But let me just say this. Since we got about two weeks, Genius, mm-hmm. in between our next, our last Friday Night Fright and our first of 2022, we need to find a beaded curtain. Yes, we do. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, we do. We That's do. all I'm going to say. Even though the screen lands on armor, it's going to be <laughs> 42nd Street. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Now, of course, the other repertory screenings going on that weekend. And this is one that I'm really anxious to see, given that we just watched the original mm-hmm. as part of Christmas with the Nerds, which we'll get to. Uh, but Rocky Four. Rocky versus Drago cut, mm-hmm. or the Drago cut, I should say. Sans robot. I don't even want to talk about that. That's, I know. 
I like I know enough of it to know that yes, there is no robot in this one, which is just a crime against humanity because it's one of the greatest things to happen in the year of 1985. Absolutely. That robot is rad. Yes, it is. Now, staying in the Christmas theme, uh, another film that actually played Christmas with the Nerds back in the day, and one that we kind of realized that occasionally, let's just face it, no, all the time, we really need our films to be about an hour and 45 minutes and below. <laughs> one of my favorites, though. It's, no, it's a I, great one. I love this one. Fucking, it's got DeVito as the penguin, but yeah, a two and a half hour long movie in the middle of Christmas with the nerds was probably not at the end of a triple feature that might not have been the best of ideas. We learn as we go along. But hey, it's Batman Returns is still one of the best Batman movies out there. Oh, and a film that launched a thousand fetishes at oh, this yeah. point. Ridiculous amount. Oh yeah, meow. Yeah. <laughs> and staying with the Christmas theme here, a film I actually watched for the first time last year but knew so much of the movie because its very DNA is in just like the American consciousness. Uh, it's a wonderful life, genius. Merry Christmas, movie house. That, that's right, Zazu. I didn't realize what, how the, I thought the film could have veered differently if the pool shenanigans that come like with the gym floor that pulls apart. Like if someone got... Was, Final mm, Destination. Yes. <laughs> I thought we were going... Pottersville. <laughs> I thought we were going an entirely different direction than what we did. And he minds he winds up not jumping off the bridge but causing a terrible accident. Just like everybody dies. Clarence, we need to break the cycle. Just like <laughs> That's actually where you could probably do a reboot. There we go. We should talk to the dude who did the um like Happy Death Day. Uh, to you, the one and freaky when he likes to just take those kind of movies. See if you can take a wonderful life at Final Destination and like, pow. I'm all for it. Get like executive producer credit. There we go. Yeah, it, you you heard it here, folks. Yeah. Let's put the uh, copyright Train. on that. Claimed. Now, not a repertory screening, but one that, and you know, again, if you're whether or not, however you feel with the MCU. Woo! I'm excited for this one. And modern movie making. Uh, I am also excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. I'm going in with low expectations. I'm going... I'm excited expectations. Optimistic. Anticipatory. I've, I've liked both of the Spider-Man movies, actually. Yeah. I've liked them quite a bit. I like the character overall, too. Like, like Tom Holland's a good Spider-Man. He is. He is. And again, seeing, having seen the trailers now, knowing uh, what is in store... Wish I would. I wish I didn't know what they were doing, but I know they're also going to be setting up a lot of stuff uh, for uh, Doctor Strange and the multiverse. And, and here was what I'm. Yeah, exactly. What I'm thinking. No matter what surprises that we find in the trailer, there's probably that many more. It's not line. revealed. Yeah, I assume so. I assume so. I hope so. I hope so. But as long as Defoe's in it, I'm good. Hey, of course he is. He's a hey, genius. He's creepy it, here. <laughs> he's not, but he's not as Norman Osborn. He's as Bobby Peru. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! No, because I'm afraid of what like the Green Goblin ornaments would be. Bobby Wait, Peru Bob inspired. <laughs> that they, they wouldn't be pumpkin bombs. That's for fucking sure. It's still he'd still have a glider, but they'd be plumpkin bombs. They would be, and they'd be right. He'd be like splinging him in pantyhose, and then like whoosh. And just throwing him. <laughs> we'll meet again. Me and Spider-Man are going to meet again. You're going to fight Bobby Peru. Fight Bobby Peru. 
<laughs> With great Peru games, great responsibility. Just stop. Just stop. You're already making the movie so much more better. But you know what? In the spirit of the multiverse, why couldn't we have right? that? Right, exactly. There we go. <laughs> or Bobby Peru gets the fucking Green Goblin serum. <laughs> that one day they let David Lynch shoot like second AD. <laughs> this is going to be fantastic. I promise. We're going to blow their minds like I'm going to blow up this building. He's sitting there with the comical, with a fucking comical backwards. And it's like, what? <laughs> Are we making the movie better or worse at this point? I'm not oh. sure. Both. <laughs> Probably ruining it actually for a lot of people right now. Going, just stop it. We're probably raising expectations. We're shattering them all. So, well, I'm looking to have a good time uh, with that happening this weekend. Now, of course, uh, if you are living from afar and you would love to help support Screenland, well, you can do that a number of ways. Uh, head over to ScreenlandOnline.com where they have a number of films that you can rent, or you can join their film family at Patreon. By heading to patreon.com slash screenland, where amongst the many tiers and perks they have, they have some watch parties, of course, of which Genius and I partake in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, our next Shutter shout-out is releasing on Christmas Day, Genius. <laughs> Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Movie House! <laughs> Merry Christmas, uh, Shutter shout-outers! And we're going to be shouting out two films streaming on Shutter, and the first... <laughs> We hold near and dear. Uh, we've done a commentary on it. Uh, the second is very much the biggest meme on the internet. Garbage day. The third features Bill Mosley. Mm-hmm. But we are going to be streaming both Silent Night, Deadly Night, 4 and 5, <laughs> which means you're going to be celebrating Christmas with Clint Howard uh-huh. and, and Mickey Rooney. Can you believe it? <laughs> with, with Brian Usna. And uh, Screaming Matt George in tow. You you could do worse on Christmas Day. (laughs) Now, of course, both of those are streaming on Shudder. Give the gift of a shunting. (laughs) Right now, right now, somewhere, Adrian's ears are getting red. And Emmy's like, Adrian, are you okay? He's like, just somewhere. It's a great disturbance in the force. (laughs) Sorry, Adrian. Now, of course, those are both streaming on Shudder, and you can check that out. But if you would like some customized content, which I have no doubt will be so many Mickey Rooney impressions. Oh, yeah. very A lot of bad Mickey Rooney impressions. Be prepared. (laughs) Yeah, be prepared. But prepare yourself for a customized pre-show, introduction, trailer reel, and, of course, the post-film discussion. (laughs) Uh, Head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius... If I'm talking to Patreon and film family, we of course have our own little film family over in Patreon, and I'd like to give a quick shout out to several of our film family members Mm -hmm. that made it out to our seventh Christmas with the Nerds. Right. We got this one right. So a shout out to Julie, Chad, Jesse, Diana, and Dustin, as they all came out and experienced three holiday films. Mm Mm-hmm. And now that everything has passed, let's talk really quickly about the lineup and what we screened that night. I fucking realized how much I love Go. So we kicked things off with 1999's Go. And I have not watched that movie in possibly 20 years at this point because it is celebrating technically its 20th year. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I saw it in the theater, though. I have to assume, did you? I don't think I saw it in the theater either. That's right. Yeah, we didn't. But... 
We got to see it in a theater, uh-huh. and I can't think of a better way to kick things off because I kept having those moments of, oh, hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Breckin Mel- Myers in here. Exactly. Talking shit. Oh, it's Melissa McCarthy. People lost their mind at that cameo. Mm-hmm. So that kicked things off wonderfully, and then we went a little micro-budget. But before we go, oh. I remember how I remember having the Go soundtrack on repeat oh. back in the day, and also, like... It kind of took me back to my club days, you know, because Go came out of the time and I kind of remember and I kind of remember because I was having a lot of fun in those clubs. You days. were a good club kid. I was a good club kid hanging out with all the candy kids and fucking going. I remember when I was in Colorado, like one of the more fun things was hitting down the raves down in Pueblo. So it, like it was pretty rad. I had some good times. I, so like watching Go was just like I'm sitting there like. Ah, I, I I grew nostalgic for was, the 90s. I was going to say, just that wave of nostalgia hitting you. Right? And, like, there's Pavlovian shit 90s style, too. You know, back in the 80s, but also the 90s. And also, I was like, this soundtrack's fucking rad. And so when I came home, I played the Ghost soundtrack again and fucking rocked out. Dude, that's a, that's a hell of a night. Yeah, it was rad. Just like all the characters in the film. Mm-hmm. And, I, again, even forgot about the, the Jay Moore and... Scott, Scott Wolf, Wolf. yeah, <laughs> characters and then their interactions. Yeah, it just it played like gangbusters, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people really responded to it. Uh, but then we ca- then went into a film we actually tried to watch last year. Yeah. We were going to try to close with it, but we had complications, in which it's case- it's a low-budget film and not a lot of distribution. Not at all, and that's why we had Santa Slay play last year, but happy to say, finally got to experience A Cadaver Christmas. Mm-hmm. What I learned from that is I think I should, if I haven't seen a movie in a long, long time, I need to vet it first a little bit more. I I think it played well. It played really well. Because I think it's just a funny movie and it's charming. But I think for me, after the high of Go, and I don't know, maybe because I was with my nostalgia glasses and just still wave, riding that ecstasy wave of Christmas and thinking like, you know what, I need to have a Christmas party like that with the Santa Claus. And like for something I haven't seen in a long time, that's just, it's a funny movie, but it just was like, ah, oh. it wasn't, it, it, it was still a good ride for me, but it was just like, oh yeah, it's not go. That's okay. And that, and you know what? It ran 84 minutes, which was perfect, but it's, it's a lot more gory than, the, and for what they pulled off for, for the budget they had, was really impressive because it's a it's a funny movie. The uh, drunk, oh, he was great. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and even uh, the, the the bar guy as well played well. I just loved him. He kind of looked like Bam Margera's dad. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Bit. I was waiting for Bam to come in and start whooping on his ass. Pew, 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 or him fall down into a, like a like a tiger pit. Could if they had the budget, my friend. If they had the budget, but then we closed things off just with the most USA patriotic just absurd film there is the rocky four rocky versus drago cut we took in the rocky four robot cut mm-hmm. the og original we closed off with that one and i was so happy with it well i can't say i was so happy with it because i won't lie a little peek behind the curtains there i had the bubble guts that evening <laughs> like when we were getting ready to start the pre-show i was back in the projector room doing a dance trying to hold everything down because I wanted to make sure we started on time. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I went to the restroom, once I got things started, I knew I had a 10-minute window. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was rough. So how did Rocky stopping the Cold War play, genius? Okay, so here's the thing. 
So <clears throat> I worked that day before all the way up, and I came straight from work to there and did the yakety smack. And then Rocky lasted a long time. And it was at the end, and I was like, yeah, you know, hearts on fire, right? All the way, and he's fucking training and pumping. and I just got finished eating my Hugo cluckety-cluck, right? And I'm sitting there, and next thing you know, <laughs> right? I'm out. I'm fucking out. And then, like, boonk, I wake up. I can change, you can change, I can change. And I'm like, oh, shit, hearts on fire. So I'm like, hey, thank you, everybody. Have a good night, and drive safe. You know, donate to the Yorkies. Joy. Yep. And so. Well, I, I, it worked for you. Then. I think just the culmination of everything, that's fine. But I definitely know I heard from people that said Rocky Four played well. And of course, for the most part, it was just good for Dustin to see it, you know, because yeah. I'm sure he hadn't seen it in like two weeks. It just made me feel weird because I'm old. You know, I'm like normally back in the day, like, yeah, you know, even fucking three years ago. Like, oh, shit, I'm going to come home and do that. But see, that's the thing. Even if I take it like now, I'm like, yeah. Then, like, later on when I want to go to bed, I fucking can't. Well, anyway, regardless. Regardless. Anyway, regardless, tangent, thank tangent, you tangent, to everyone tangent. that came out. It was a fun night. I think everybody had a good time. I hope everybody had time. And again, thank you if, if you came out. And if you didn't, maybe we'll see you next year. Absolutely. And, of course, thank you to all that donated to the Yorkie-thon. Uh, I know we were able to donate, and I think they raised over... 37,000, I think. That's fucking awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah, they're a great organization. Uh, now, <laughs> I mentioned something here on today's uh, I've Seen That episode, which means if you go, regardless of what tier you're on, you're going to be able to hear my thoughts on the Hail to the Deadites documentary. Mm-hmm. But on that little mini episode, I promised, or I, I said uh, I was going to share a Charlie anecdote on the main feed episode. And I think you just have to go back a few episodes where... Charlie had the Blair Witch moment yeah. at the house. Well, we're going to get regional here. Um, here in the Kansas City area, and I, regardless if you're on the Missouri side or Kansas side, we just went through a hell of a windstorm. Oh, it was crazy. 80, 80 miles an hour wind. They were trying to go back on. in time, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was insane. This is real shit. <laughs> I mean, there was tree branches down there. Were fucking... Uh, Lights started snapping in half. I was dry, on my way over here. There was a huge tree yeah. that had out of from the roots. I mean, it was a giant sized tree. Fucking, did you hear about um, the wildfires in the middle of Kansas when all the smoke went all the way to the middle of Missouri? Well, it's appropriate because, like, while I was at work that day, we lost power probably about four times. <laughs> and it was funny. Every time, like, after about the second time, the lights would flicker. And you just hear like the whole office go, no, no. And then boom, and you got just ah. So that was kind of a bummer. But on my way home, I was driving by the side of my house and I noticed something amiss. And what is amiss is uh, I can see a lot of my backyard because a good portion of a part of my fence has been blown over by the wind. And I'm like, ugh. Immediately, like, okay, that's going to be a bummer to fix. That's okay. That's easy. That's cosmetic. The house seems to be okay. Mm-hmm. The trees are standing, so You're that's right. good there. But then I thought about, like, oh, but if that is open, would Charlie do anything? Like, maybe find her way out? Because, you know, she's done it before, unfortunately. And I pull up. I look to the to my little window where she's normally perching waiting for me. Nothing. So I'm like, okay, no worries. Maybe she's in the backyard trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Walk inside, start calling for her. You know, Charlie, Charlie, nothing. So I start, 
panicking a little, mm-hmm. but I'm still holding out hope. So we'll go in the backyard, see the 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 fence as it is. Hi, Biscuit. Hey, Biscuit. Biscuit's here, but not Charlie. Charlie is nowhere to be found. And now keep in mind, by the time I get home, the wind's been blowing all day, but we're now finally getting the storm front yeah. with the rain, the and, rain the and the lightning, lightning and, and it's, everything. It's, it's a bad storm. So... I start driving around my neighborhood with all of my windows down. It's a fucking Lifetime movie. Going, Charlie! Not without my Charlie. Oh, <laughs> and I'm going up and down. I'm going to all of our haunts. I know there are places I can't get to because they're closed off. And I'm freaking out because in my, I'm thinking the worst case scenario at this point that she's gotten out. She's chased after a biscuit or a, a squirrel. Mm-hmm. And she's either gotten hit by a car. She's scared and hiding and petrified of the storm or maybe something even worse. You know, maybe right. she got picked up and is going to be in an animal ring at this point. And next I'm, time you see Charlie, she's all like, and like, like a fighting dog. And shit. I, I don't know. That's the stuff that's running through my head. Right, right. And then after about an hour of that, I go home and I go to the social media and I go to one of the Facebook pages we have for our neighborhood. And I put up a couple of pictures like, hey. The wind blew the fence down. Charlie is out. If any of you see her, please let me know. Mm-hmm. So the rain stops. So I go out and I'm on foot now for about another hour walking around the neighborhood. Charlie, Charlie. My neighbors are out with me, looking with me. It's like we've got neighborhood. I mean, thing. It was really I mean, it was really touching, you know, because, again, these are the same people that like when Lola passed and I was introducing Charlie and walking her, they came out, and, you know, offered condolences. So, you know, they yeah. I think they also they also know I'm fragile and Charlie is one of my last links that I have. They're like, dude, if she if he loses Charlie, this isn't good. So he was such a quiet, good neighbor <laughs> to then all the heads in the fucking bridge. All these tiny shoes. Uh, but so again, another hour of doing that and nothing. And I'm I'm really concerned at this point. So I go home. And I go back to the social media to see what I see and just a flood of people commenting, you know, hey, we'll keep an eye out. We're already looking. Mm-hmm. But someone posts this little blurb like, hey, I saw a dog that looked like that about like uh, 3.30 this afternoon with a guy trying to corral her. I'm like, okay. And then my friend Nicole uh, sends something to like a Los... I'm sorry if this is really boring, y'all, but this is me working through my trauma. But she sent out to like a KC Lost and Found Pets page. Again, uh-huh. there's a page for everything in Facebook. Right. And sure enough, uh, up pulls this picture and like, hey, Greg, is this her? And I look at this picture of Charlie Barley because it's my front lawn, basically, and Charlie. And they like, yeah, we just picked her up. Uh, we're scanning the chip. She's at KCPP. And I mean, I I felt good because I was like, okay, she's in a shelter. I know she's scared, but I know she's not out, been hit, in a dog ring, you know, getting buff. And I picked her up this morning and was just so relieved to see her. But yeah, but just the combination of just the the fence down and then Charlie being gone. I I did not sleep well last night. Oh, hell no, because like you don't know where your baby's at. I totally understand. I mean, because like fucking... When I had Owen, and every now and then Owen would... Biscuit doesn't do it so much. Not as much He anymore. wants to. He wants to. But Owen, he used to make mad dashes to the door. I mean, just like, you couldn't keep him in, right? And sometimes he would escape, and the next thing I know, like, he's gone. Or And even when I would, like, take him out to try and get him, he's gone. And I'm like, 
shit. Next thing I know, I'm looking around like, Owen, Owen. You know, in, the, in, in, in my heart of hearts, I know that he's on so he's flattened on the road yep. somewhere yep. or somebody picked him up or he saw, he was such a cool cat that he probably jumped into somebody's house and was like, hey, I live here now too, you know? I mean, like, so he was just like, so I'm like, my baby's gone. Everybody's like, he'll come home. I'm like, no, he doesn't know where he's at. No, I don't even know and he's going to get lost he's scared right and so like and then sure enough he'd fucking come back or i'd see him like maybe like a half a block away looking at me what the fuck is wrong with you dude and i'm like come on man keep your composure old man <laughs> right and like come here owen man all right well in any kind of an alley cat or street cat they i think identify the places that they know are home and yeah they will eventually make their way back but with charlie at that point i just assumed i would see her curled up, you know, waiting for me at the front door, ideally, if she was still out and about. But needless to say, uh, I was able to get her back, uh, took her for a couple of walks. We went to the park. She had a great time. She got to run, rough house and roll, and going to be fixing the fence this weekend. But, yeah, it was horrible. And then... indoor dog for the next couple of days. But then that you mentioned about that that big... uh, The fire that was going on in Kansas and how the wind brought that stench of smoke... So I'm walking around my neighborhood with this just stench going on. I'm like, we're in our like the final days here. Like this is this is. There's a bunch of nomads picked up my dog and now they're eating him because there's no more food around. You know? It was it was terrifying. It was it was scary. And then there was that huge crash in Westport where the fire truck actually drove into the riot room. Yeah. Like I mean, a lot of st- it was crazy. I mean, if you're if it's, you're listening outside of the Kansas City area. You probably heard about it potentially. I like it, but was, it was nuts. nuts. Yeah, it yeah, was it's crazy. crazy. So, needless to say, Charlie is safe. And uh, if you'd like other random insights to our lives, you can become a member of our film family by going to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead, where indeed we have every tier from a squiddly diddly to another time, another place. Oh. Speaking of another time, another place, this movie is fucked up. Oh boy, I. What I've really enjoyed so far with our kind of view into killer kids, terrors that are tiny, is we've gone into the 80s, mm-hmm. we've gone into the 90s, Yeah. but oh boy, oh boy, is it always fun when we go back to the 1970s. Let's go way back and get weird. Guaranteed, if we watch a genre film from the 1970s, one of our, usually at least one or both of our jaws Will usually be a gate trap at some point. At time. some point in the film, either either in shock or <laughs> dumbfoundment, or sometimes genuine joy, right? But usually in shock or awe, <laughs> because in the unhinged 1970s, you could do a a lot. Yes, yes, you could. You <laughs> could get away with a lot, and it would be considered. I mean, like the 80s, we thought okay, shenanigans. But the shit that went on in the seventies puts that to shame. This is this movie. I was waiting for pineapples everywhere. <laughs> the seventies were wild. It was, this movie was wild. This was a movie that I don't think I could have. I've seen that my way through Mm-mm. because I knew very little of it, but I knew about it. But we were talking off Mike. Um, even if even if you knew a little bit about it, there's no way a movie like this you could bullshit your way in a conversation. No, because there's the stuff that happens is so specific and weird. Yes, there's nothing general about this movie at all. Like it's it's along the lines of baby doesn't walk, psh, baby doesn't talk, psh, just the fuck. Well, that's 
the previous year from 1973. Right. The baby. Uh, a hell of a double feature. Yes. Could be had with both of these. Yes. But before we get into the weirdness of The Devil Times Five, one of the cast members in this movie was a very young Leif Garrett. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you pronounce his name? Leif. Leif? Leif. Leif. Leif or Leif? Leif. Okay, I go Leif. Now, is this the Leaf, Le- Buck Le- Flower, Buck Flowers? No, I'm probably wrong. It's probably Life. Life? I'm pretty sure it's Le- Le- Now you got Leif. me saying it. Leif. 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 Because I watched that VH1. I'm Leif Garrett. Behind the music. Of the Ozarkin clan. No, he's not Irish. Oh, we're, we're not going that Leif way. Garrett. But he was kind of a phenomenon mm-hmm. in the 1970s from a child actor to a teen heartthrob through music? He kind of went Pop the music? Travolta route. Yes, he did. But see, while Travolta made Carrie and um, this uh, Carrie. The Boy in the Plastic boy Bubble. In the Plastic Bubble. Because it's a it's TV fucking, made movie. Yeah, and it is. Liv Garrett went and made Cheerleader Camp. Yes, he did with, with Buck, Buck Flower. And, and The Devil Times Five, and he wasn't afraid to get weird. No, and his character in here, I don't want to say gets weird, because, again, there's so many weird moments happening in this movie. And there were a lot of first-timers for me with this movie, especially in reference in reference to the killer kid genre. There's a lot of things in this movie that you don't normally see in killer kid genres. No, no, no not at all. There's like shocking moments. And the fact that then some of them are not even shocking. There's some of them. What is this? Is this a sitcom? What's going on? This movie is totally all over the place yes. via the score, the acting, um, the editing, the editing. Now that's, here's the thing though. Us saying all this, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Oh yeah, me too. This, this movie was wild and weird definitely a killer kid movie but unlike some of our killer kid movies where i'm usually we're just lost in the world of the kids we get some weird uh, weird adults in this movie we get a lot of weird adults and you know what we talked about life garrett <laughs> but also one of the cast members is a young boss hog now life garrett and boss hog are going to be very again very specific timestamps it could be that might be how people know him at this point but for those of you that were not born in the boon of the late 70s and early 80s boss hog was the nemesis to the duke boys mm-hmm. down in with the dukes of hazard and uh just some good old boys never the theme song was great the car was great uh, you know luke and duke you had um Daisy Duke. Daisy Duke. You had Roscoe P. Coltrane. You had uh, Unc- Uncle Jesse. You had uh, Scooter. Scooter. Everyone. Goober. Cooter. No, Cooter. 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 Cooter's was, garage. Always, I was always like, can I say that on TV? Cooter. But what you could say was Boss Hog. Oh, yeah. Because if you say Boss Hog, what image comes to mind to you? Oh, big dude, stark white suit, big old cowboy hat, driving a Cadillac with the horns on the front, and just a big stogie, just like a Texan, just a big old rich Tex, Boss Hog. Seeing him in this movie, because... He's very anti-Boss Hog. Yes, it took us multiple times to go, wait, 
who is he in this movie? Yeah, he is not a he's, buff hog at all. No, he's, he's employee pig, yeah, if he's, anything. He's buff hog in this one, right? I mean, he's. I don't know what to call him buff. Maybe Spelt like. hog? Chussel hog? Because he's still a big bald crony. I mean, like, here's the thing. If we didn't know he was Boss Hog, we're like, that's a big old oaf, dude. But now knowing that he later becomes Boss Hog, this is like the before. It is. And so it's, it's like, okay. So now he's so he's not quite svelte. He's trying to get tough. He's wor- There's scenes of him working out, but like he's still, he's chussily. That works. The chussel works. Well, <laughs> this movie opens he's up. He's Chicharone. He's Boss Chicharone. Shit. The movie opens up. With one of my favorite things that happens when we go in expecting the Devil Times Five. <laughs> Devil Times Five. And we see, what is this? The horrible house on the hill? A.K.A. So this is another one of those movies that, you know, depending on the region you're in, it's going to go by a specific title. So we went in expecting the Devil Times Five. We get horrible house on the, on, on the hill, but also known as the beginning, also known as people toys. This movie went by many a name, which I kind of like People Toys the best, though. I'm not going to lie. People Toys is kind of cool. It just seems weird. Yeah, it would fit. When was the last time you watched The Toy? With Richard Pryor? Yes. I haven't seen that movie since probably 1994. Okay. I probably haven't watched it since like 85. I don't think it holds up. No. Well, just thinking Richard Pryor as a people toy, technically. Right, right. With yeah. Jackie Gleason. <laughs> um, this movie opens spectacularly with a van crash. No, it opens oddly with the sitcom Birdie Bunch credits. I was waiting for Lorimar. To pop up the Lorimar production. Well, do we? Is this movie does seem very made for TV in some ways, but you couldn't show this on oh, TV. Oh no! Oh no! So it has this weird aesthetic to it, and it from the, the from the like the font and the titles to the music. It's Brady Bunch music. It is one hundred percent sitcom esque. There's okay. There's three types of music in this movie. They had the, maybe they know three songs. One, the Brady Bunch shenanigans music, right? Yeah, there's. They know the recorder creepy shenanigans. A lot of use of recorder in this movie. And they know the uh, Kentucky Fried Dr. Klon's Lair soundtrack. So there's some musical cues in this that I. And from the first time we heard that cue, <laughs> Genius and I both. Buckus! <laughs> And every time it and it plays along a lot, in the movie, a lot. We would giggle randomly, every time. Randomly, the music would change randomly, but yet it always worked. But it was always, what the fuck is going on with the music? Unless it's the the record stopped, because there was a point where the music just stopped and just like crunch, 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 crunch. Like please insert real two. Well, it's the music was composed by William Luce. And he actually, the next year, uh, composed the score for the Swinging Cheerleaders. Of course he did. But he also composed the uh, the score for the Big Bird Cage. Oh, yeah? So he worked with Jack Hill. That makes sense, though, because this movie has exploitation all over it. Yes. Russ Meyer exploitation. Yes, it does. And again, it goes all over the place. The score, the film, the kids. It's a hard... Hard one, to, again, to kind of figure out where to go from. Just because you go in hearing these 
Brady Bunch-esque stylings. And then... By the end of the movie, you got people in bear traps and shit. And, like, going... It's nuts. It's crazy. You have, like... And everything is odd. All the characters are odd. You have, like, the sexed-up wife that's abusing mentally handicapped people. And, like... We got a scene straight out of freaking the people... Uh, uh, oh, my God, no. The hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah, we did. It's horrible so all of the adults that were introduced to all the kids were introduced to are very specific yeah and they're all fitting like very specific tropes and everybody's terrible oh no yeah there's there's not a redeeming person in the whole entire movie everybody's awful which makes i guess technically the comeuppance of the characters that much better when they get it but let me say this i love the trailer for the movie but i'm glad we watched it after we saw the film. Do not watch the trailer if you want to go in blind because the the trailer gives away everything. Every, every, every kill. Every fucking thing except how weird it really gets. That's just it. I If I would have seen the trailer, I would go, oh, yeah, that killer kid flick in the snow with the various elaborate traps. They yeah, do, I've seen yeah, that. They do, they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Home Alone-y shit. Yeah. And that would, and that it, it's in there. Yeah. Totally oh, yeah. in there. Oh, this, yeah. This film actually also would work as a cool double feature with The Good Son. Yeah, and exactly. And Home Alone. Dial Code Santa Claus. <laughs> Hell, um, you're next. The Strangers. Yeah. I mean, like, this movie would work. The Baby. So many. And, that, and the reason it works is because of all the weird, weird elements. Yes. The um, characters are weird. Okay, the let's, setting let's is talk weird. to characters. Let's okay, talk let's to characters. Let's talk to characters. Let's let we can talk we, about should we talk about the kids or should we talk about well, the adults? I mean, I mean we this is a, the month is killer kids. Let's talk the kids and the kids themselves. I think you can kind of break them down. See if you mm-hmm. agree with me on this. You have the soldier. Mm-hmm. You have the actor. Mm-hmm. You have the pyro. Mm-hmm. You have the pious or the nerd, the nun. Mm-hmm. And then you just have the 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 precocious kid. Yeah. The innocent one. The, the innocent one? Yeah. The youngest the of them. one. Yes. She, I mean, and she was involved in the shenanigans, no doubt. But they all had these, like, specific character types that they were playing. And, I mean, that's what they were and who they were. And you only, you don't get any exposition at all except for, like, later on you see after the wreck. And we'll talk about that here in a minute because the wreck was oh rad. Oh, my God. The stunts were fucking rad when they, should, when they happened and they were weird. But, um... It just says, oh, okay, so apparently one of the guys who died worked for the State Mental Hospital Children's Ward. Yes, it has something to do with a mental institution that they were at. So basically these are escape mental patients. Yes. The only We're only missing a hook on the side of the, the van door yeah, at this point. Yeah, and everybody in white scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> Evil dies tonight times five. <laughs> so we get to all of our kids, including the great Leif. Leif Garrett. God, I'm going to be doing that all the time now. Leif. And this was like one of his first acting roles. And from the get-go, I realized he's rocking a wig throughout. Different wigs Different wigs, yes. Uh, Being the actor. Acting. He's the face. He is the face of the group. He's the face. Well, and then you have Brian as the soldier. He's B.A. Baracus. He, well, he's carrying around his like little like little facsimile machine gun. Mm-hmm. Talking in all his vernacular. Yeah, exactly. But he does good thing. No, he doesn't say good thing, but he does a good thing. He loots bodies. But they're, they're survivors at this point. They understand they're, they're caught out in the snow, isolated from 
wherever they're at. But he they goes, got to survive. I found me a coat. I found me a knife. I got me a watch. And he's just like basically looting the body. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Bad form on killing the bus driver, but good form on taking care of business and looting what you need to do. That's what a soldier does, genius. They survive. Mm -hmm. Wins by attrition. This is actually where they got the inspiration of Rambo, I am pretty sure. Uh, We also then have one of the little brunette girls as the pyro of the group. Mm -hmm. The length of the flame on her lighter? That's a crack torch. That's what that is. That was like the Joker used that. Yeah, it is. You know, it's like... First of all, it was a big old metal monstrosity. But not a Zippo. No. Not a Zippo. No, 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 no. But the kind that like you would see again in the 70s, but it's about it's about the size of one of those barbecue lighters, but about the thickness of a remote control. And long before they instituted the little child safety things on them as well. That's a you can fucking Walk into a cave and light your way spelunking with that fucking flame. (laughs) You can roast a goddamn hot dog on that flame. And she's just sitting there, eh, just lighting the candles and blowing them out and lighting them up again and blowing them out. We're like, okay, you're the pirate. And then putting it out with her finger as well, if you noticed. Mm -hmm. At one point, she did that. We then have the nun, which was really weird. From the get. (laughs) And... Is actually, the adults actually address the fact that you are a little young for a nun. Oh, I'm an intern. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, um, they even mentioned, yeah, she's a beginner, a neophyte, mm-hmm. what have you. And then again, you have the little precocious kid. And they all play their parts really well, actually. And they like, do. that's the thing. I think the movie works because they're good in their roles. They're legit. Like, you could, a, a movie like this can sink or swim with your kid cast. I thought they were all really good. Me too. Because they're f- not funny, but they, like you said, they fit their roles. They're doing with this, but the soldier, although he has a violent streak, the mile Well, long, they all the, have the violent That's streaks. true, but even with the other, when they were playing dice, and she, he's like, if you don't give me that dice, I'll punch you in the face. She goes, fine, I don't want to play with you anymore. You know, and I'm like, God damn. He, but uh, he was like affirmative and negative and no, sir, when's chow? He, they were all precocious, and if you didn't know better, if you didn't really see their shenanigans, again, very sitcom-esque, like uh, in an alternate universe, Papa Doc winds up falling in love with all of them. They adopts warm their heart, them. adopts them like fucking Mr. Drummond. Absolutely. Because you know he's got enough money, so it's got different strokes times five. So just as long as there's not a bike shop in the town they live in, we're fine. Although it might as well be because everybody was walking around and all those kids naked and nude and swinging around and shit. Fucking right after everybody's having sex and getting naked in the bathtub. They didn't give a fuck. So we 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 didn't see any pineapples because I really wasn't looking for them at the time. But now that you're saying that, I'd like to think if there were, we would have seen them. If it was up to lovely. Let's now, okay, so we got the kids. Oh, boy. Let's talk about the adults. And what's really funny with this movie, like when we were watching it, we we're, we're kind of like going, wow, I, you know, it's a killer kid movie. But man. We're spending a lot of time with these adults. and A lot of time with the adults. And here's the thing. I wasn't upset with it because the adults are weird. They're and very weird. They act weird. They talk weird. They're, I mean, first of all, one of your characters is Papa Doc. Papa Doc. Papa Doc. Now, now my Papa Doc reference comes go, go, pulls me back to uh, Craig R. Baxley's Action Jackson. Mm-hmm. What does Papa Doc do for you? Uh, Papa Doc, I can't remember. Eight Mile. Eight Mile. There it is. Okay. That's it. That's it. And now, then, well, wasn't also like, wasn't Idi Amin's one of his name, Papa Doc? 
That I can't verify. Hold, I, hold on. I got I to verify because also I don't know why, but like. Oh, that's fair. But the I can because while you're looking for that, uh, we were, I guess, just impressed by kind of the look by some of the cast because this movie is definitely all about mid-1970s from the shag carpet to the pantsuits that we we're seeing to Papa Doc's hat that he rocks and at the end of this. And he's over there just angry like, I got so much money and I'm pissed off and you, my crony and his bald crony, like, you know, you're telling Bosch what water, just spineless. It's a good spineless number two. Played but, by Boss Hog. Played by aforementioned Boss Hog. Uh, but we can't, we got to call him his full name, Harvey Beckman. Hey there, Harvey Beckman. You'll get yours, Harvey Beckman. We'll meet again, Harvey Beckman. We'll get to why that works so well. Uh, we then have, uh, so we've got Gene Evans by Papa Doc. Now, you made a significant yes. discovery. Yes, about Papa Doc. About Papa Doc. So much so that you paused the movie to, yes. to break this upon me because... If you look at his IMDb, that man worked and worked and worked and did and worked and worked. Some. Yeah, he's out that guy because he was in so many like shows back in the 80s. I mean, Simon and Simon, Remington Steel, Heart to Heart, Heart to Heart. I mean, all those you played a get like he probably played a bad guy in Matlock. I mean, any show that you watch and especially you kids watch like not ironically, but like go back in the day vintage because like there's a huge following of golden girl fans and like oh yeah Matlock fans that weren't around back in the day when they were in so if you're watching that now you've seen papa doc he was How probably in bounty law yeah exactly probably in everything <laughs> branded but he <laughs> but he was also the narrator in shower dough an adventure through the wilderness Concerned, this land's gone to seed. So you telling me that he narrated the trailer for Sourdough, the trailer that defined so much of our relationship with Cynthia Rothrock and Sourdough, Sourdough dog jumping into the rapids, unreal, unreal. So, old prospector being chased by fucking snowmobiles. So I don't know if it's just again just the beauty of genre, the fact that of course. He narrated the trailer for Sourdough. No, he narrated the whole movie. The whole movie. The, okay, there. So I'm glad he we got to experience them because Papa Doc is great. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's over there. He's just this old, grizzled businessman from the 70s that you expect. And he's like, oh, go to bed, you boozed up old broad. I mean, just boozed up old broad. Just Yelling at people, snapping orders and everything. He's not a pleasant person to vacation with. And that's what basically his group of doctors are going to do. And you've got three different couples all traveling to this isolated like vacation house. There's Papa Doc and his wife, Lovely. Mm -hmm. We'll get to Lovely. Lovely. There was Boss Harvey yep. and his wife. His lady friend. Who was this aforementioned boozed up old broad. And then you got like budget Franco Nero for the most part. Like if Franco Nero and Gerald McGraney Gerald had a McGraney. kid and when he's naked, a little bit of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Do you think he was tearing his shirts off before some of those takes? Multiple takes were like, dude, put a shirt on. I am a real Scandinavian, you know, because he's 
<laughs> and then his blonde lady friend. Who was Papa Doc's daughter. Yes. And she also suffered from the same disease that Angela does suffers because she didn't blink at all. Because they would have extensive close-ups of her when she's talking at the beginning. And it's so weird. And she's not blinking. And she's so intense. And the camera's just kind of focused above her. And so, but she's talking. You're like, what is going on? So you're engaged in this movie because you're just dumbfounded at times. Dumbfounded in a good way, though. Yes. Just constantly entertained. But yes. Time after time, both of us looking at each other, kind of like, are we watching this? Are we? Is this really is happening? What's going on? And then, so we have her who's married. So that's Papa Doc's daughter. And then we have Bulk Hogan. Then we have, um, so let's talk about Lovely. Before, oh, lovely. Because we can't talk about Ralph, who is their, basically their manservant. Yes. And who groundskeeper. Is... Uh, comes off and thankfully in the 1970s we didn't get the r word thrown out right i was really shocked a good a, the, the the one thing that wasn't another time another place issue we could have had with it no he very very much plays as you said there's a moment he he, he plays he he plays his character as like a caricature like a oh boy i'm i very uh, what did i say um Oh, I wrote it down well, and too. He's, I mean, he's because I want to pet the rabbits, George. He talks about the rabbits. He talks so about like this, and I'm gonna fix the rabbits. He's and... doing like a dollar store Lenny at this point. He it's is really weird. Of <laughs> <laughs> subordinates and men, because like, so there's a so amongst the many things that we normally don't see in our killer kid films. Is a seduction scene. Which leads us to Lovely. Are you trying to seduce me, Lovely? Hmm. In fact, go over the bed and take off your pants. My God. She is basically... Basically, so he is... He's just like, whatever you need, I'm here to help. And so she's like, okay, so brush my hair right right after first of all right after he got talking about his rabbits and whatnot now i'm thinking that lovely probably is not much of a reader or has not yet heard the story of my <laughs> not a fan of steinbeck exactly <laughs> she prefers his later works so <laughs> she's all she would dig east of eden no doubt mice and men not so much so like so he's like brush my hair and then like okay and, and once and i should say this genius and i both Got bad vibes from the like, get-go. Is this Uh-oh. going where we're thinking going? Because she's like, rub my feet. And and here, put my clothes away. And start with this. And she's giving me the underwear. And he's like not even paying attention. Just like, okay, it's another, another job for Ralph, right? <laughs> and so, and the next thing you know, she's like, okay, pick me up. I bet you're strong, right? And they're like, oh, no. This is like... What did I say? Dare penthouse, you know? <laughs> you never believe what happened to me. And so it's like, but at the same time, it's 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 it's, it's wrong because it's wrong. It's, it's so terrible wrong. because it's, but you feel bad, but it's one of those ones where you're like, oh my god, I feel I feel bad for laughing at this. I'm trying not to like <laughs> but it's just so fucked up and just and she's like, okay, take off your pants. And he's like, uh, you ever been with a woman before? And he goes, yeah, I, I, I went with my mom to the store. You come over, your sister's here. I've been with plenty of women. Oh. That's not, oh, simple, Ralph. <laughs> Pleasure me, right? And then, she, and then, so then you think it can't get worse. And you're like, God damn. Next thing you know, here comes, uh, 
Here comes the daughter of Papa Doc. I can't even remember her name. That's okay. We just know her as the daughter of Papa Doc. Papa, but this daughter is where, Doc. Daughter Doc. But this is where the letter of Penthouse could have gotten so much better. So much. Exactly. Jackpot. But, and so, like, and in, in comes, like, it's like something straight out of fucking Pornhub. In comes fucking... <laughs> It comes, uh, uh, daughter Doc wearing this robe that barely covers anything. I mean, like it's very open little. in the front and just barely closed, just just high, leaving very little of the imagination. Yes. What's going on? Oh, I'm just giving uh, Ralph a job. Ralph, put on your pants and get out of here. What the fuck do you think you're doing? And next thing you know, it turns into a straight-on Russ Meyer cat fight. I mean, and next thing you know, robes are being flung open. Fucking uh, Lovely is half naked. We're seeing a lot of Lovely. We see a lot of Lovely in this movie, right? We see a lot of, a lot of, we see a lot of everybody in this movie. I'm surprised we didn't see Boss's hog. I'm surprised we didn't see Papa's doc. You know what I'm saying? So, because we saw a lot of it. We saw a lot of different people. And 1970s a lot, I, I Ex should add. Exactly. 1970s a lot. I mean, big is life and twice as ugly. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But anyway, back to Lovely. So, <laughs> they're rolling around. And next thing you know, in comes... I don't even remember her name. I just remembered, like, the boozed other, up old broad. Yeah. That's terrible. But just just the way he said it. Just let out that... Ha, ha, ha. Just it was funny. It was funny. And so she comes out and she's drunk. I mean, she is drunk the entire from movie. the get go. Everybody in this movie is a goddamn caricature or something. She is drunk and comes out. What are you girls doing? Oh, Lovely's just trying to put on her like 70s Sears catalog negligee that everybody's sporting in this movie. A lot of strings in those negligee to the point where during one of the several love scenes, right? They were having some issues getting rid exactly. of the negligee. <laughs> we need to extend the movie. <laughs> what do we do? Well, we already we'll get to the other things, but like I'm trying to uh, can you fumble with the uh, strings a little more? Uh, I think I can try. Meanwhile, he's literally trying to he's trying to use his teeth and shit. Got the little blowtorch out. But anyway, so the drunk comes in like, what are you ladies doing? Oh, we're just talking. Okay. I thought it was going to go even further, but fortunately it went like dun, 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 shenanigan music. And like the shenanigan cue, it's like, was I supposed to laugh? You know, and I'm like, because I was. If you were trying, if you were manipulatively, if you were emotionally manipulated by the songs in the background, you would be so confused in this movie by what <laughs> was going on at the time in terms of what you're seeing visually. It was all over. But the guy, like I said, he's composed a lot of good stuff. So I don't know if like he just threw a lot of stock stuff together. <laughs> Butkus, and then you it, it was just it was crazy it was crazy uh the van crash let's talk about the van, van crash is red as shit because it also Second leads DP into george miller it leads into the um extension of this film that even though it's only like 87 minutes and it leads to the odd editing because we get we get examples of the oddness throughout especially in the car crash and it's a good old-fashioned practical 
like first of all go fuck that because going up in the snow where you have to go in the mountains and put the snow tires on that is a everything before the car crash i was like nope 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 wilderness snow cars going well, all over the road the even the the credits themselves like goes over all of that and the car cra- the, the the van stunt and everything it's like the longest it credit is. scene it like rivals prince of darkness at this point <laughs> um but no, there's uh, the snow itself is a character in this movie because the snow is what is isolating mm-hmm. everyone when our little cast of characters come together. And it's bad enough you're already out there, but let alone on that car crash that rolls, 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 and then smashes into trees. Fucking people are flying out of that shit. It's nuts. It is nuts. Like, that is good old-fashioned in stunt camera. work. In yeah. camera. Everything is in camera in this. Yes. And then... It's so nice they did it twice. They show it from another angle, but this time they decided to go in slow motion. Slow it down, genius. Mm-hmm. Slow. Slow. And I was like, well, that's cool because, you know, that was a cool crash. And oh, it was a cool crash like that, especially you want to see it in slow motion. I was all for it. Next thing you know, like, okay, cool. They show another car going in Benny Hill speed. And I'm like, were you trying to make up for time? Because and balance it out, or is something wrong with my streaming? But no, it did it again. Funny enough, there were multiple times in the movie where I was like, "Is something wrong with the stream?" No, it's just oddly edited. <laughs> There's, they tried to end the movie many times at yeah. the very end with freeze frames. We've got a freeze frame with one of the kills and a zoom in that just. I, if I was in the theater, I would have applauded. It was we fantastic. Got Benny Hill in the kills. We got a Benny Hill kill. We got Benny Hill kind of in the theme and some of the cues. Again, this movie is so all over the place. Um, shall we get into our first kill, which is the one that we thought maybe was a flashback? What the fuck was going on with that kill? We okay. So again. How do we extend the movie? Well, let's go in slow mo. Let's have him fumble with the uh, shoot a prolonged sex scene. Prolonged sex scene, I might add. Several. So how else can we do it? I know. Let's have a slow mo kill, but let's make it classy. How do we do that? Let's put in a sepitone. My God. And let's slow it down to like a fourth speed. Do you think this this scene lasted as long as the uh, the they live fight scene? Exactly, and it should have only been like a a quarter of that. No, because it sh- yeah. Th- it, and we were like, "Is this a flashback? Why are they wearing the? Why is he wearing the coat that he just found?" And they're hitting him with hammers and um, well, the the fir- the very first scene that we see is with the with the nun and the pitchfork. And it that looked was creepy. Le- yeah, it looked legitimately creepy. That was creepy. I was all for it and. Then it was kind of like the Simpsons rake gag where, but it just went too long though. Like it kept being slow. Yes. And, and I thought I was like, okay, they're establishing character. Then, you know, slowly the creeping nun beings. That was well done. Yeah, there's some really good stuff in there. But, but they're like, let's extend that. And see, that's where I was confused because it was in a different color. Yes. And it was all slow. So we're like, is this like the origin of the origins? And we never get that again. No. It would never get the other switch of the colors, but sometimes I would I would forgive it if some of the things when they would connect looked real and some of them did, <laughs> but like on the one where he hits the hammer, the hammer clearly bends, wah, 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 and it's still in slow motion and they're still focusing on it and it's not like in pieces where it's like, oops, I'm like, come right. on, editor, right. no, but these were choices and then he's whipping her with the chains and it's like. Whoop. 
Meanwhile, there's some kid with a broken recorder in the background doing the soundtrack. It's it's nuts. It is absolutely nuts. It's just one of those that I still to this day. It's befuddling. To this day, yeah, yeah, it's to befuddling. This day, after just having watched it, yeah, it is totally befuddling. And at one point, we kept looking at each other going, it's still going. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, it just not stopped. It's insane. And then after they do it, they pick him up and they slice his throat. And I'm like, all right, well, that could have saved a lot of time. If we would have just been a little bit more direct. Slow-mo the, I think you slow-moed the wrong part. <laughs> working on it, genius. Working on it. Um, do we want to go kill by kill, as the great podcast goes? Uh, or what would you like to go next into? Okay, so... Uh, we got the scary shot, the arm in it, the fact that none of them, like, Chekhov's gun, we, Chekhov's piranha. Piranha, genius. I never knew I was mispronouncing that for so long. Joe Dante's piranha. That's our good friend Papa Doc, just <laughs> yeah. giving us gold throughout this film. But he's always such an asshole in this cuz remember when they when the uh when the drunk lady like looks over and sees the kids for the first time and they're like he's like little people downstairs little and people. then Papa Doc's like god oh, fucking it's just the DTs shut up. And I'm like god damn Papa Doc, you're mean as shit. He's Oh, also it should be noted, sorry, this is not necessarily a joke, but the sepia tone was so bad that we both noticed it did look like something straight out of one of those old-fashioned photos. Because he had the old-timey coat, too. Like, <laughs> it was like they were going to pose for a wanted poster, but like for them it was real. It was real. Because they were awful. <laughs> oh, good Lord, good Lord. Um, We've got, and I'm looking at... Um, Ralph. Okay. Poor Ralph. Well, Because, see, we both thought, because they're meeting all the people individually, right? Because they're like, okay, cool, you can stay here. Mm -hmm. Because they already cut the power phone lines, so they were smart enough to like, oh, we got in a wreck. Where's the adults? Well, they think the sister's an adult. Sis Weirdly sister winners. Yep. Yeah. And so, like, they're meeting everybody. Next thing you know, Ralph is talking to one of the girls like, oh, I like you. You know, this is fun. And talking to the nun. I never washed dishes with the nun. And, like... Let's pray, and everything seems to be hunky fucking dory, and we're thinking, okay, yeah. so Ralph might be saved. Yes, it's kind of like kind of like in a dolls. Um, yes, yes, where like he had the heart of a child, so the dolls didn't fuck with him. Mm -hmm. And that's we're like, okay. And next thing you know, Boss Hog is playing chess with David, or like, no, he comes in and he's like, this is a very good uh, dress. There is very good, nice quality, mm -hmm. acting very adult. And yes. I'm talking like, well, thank you, Harvey. Harvey Beckman. Thank you, Harvey Beckman. Mm -hmm. Why, Harvey Beckman, you have impeccable taste in clothing. And just like, I'm like, wow, you're kind of weird, kid. But he's like, oh, all right, well, nice to meet you, Harvey Beckman. And so like, okay, thinking Harvey's probably safe. Right, you know? right. And so, there, you know, nothing can happen to the, a man with the heart of a child. And, you know, and next thing you know, they're fucking homing alone shit. They're cutting the goddamn generators and they booby trap it. So when poor Ralph comes in... And tries to figure out because first of all, they were fucking with Ralph the whole time. And he's like, God damn it, Ralph. Why didn't you fix the power lines? I, I did. He goes, no, the why the phone doesn't work. He goes, I don't know. Maybe it got disconnected. Ralph was our lone good character in this film. He was. And he's one of the first killed off. He is. And you feel bad because he just got nothing but like sexually molested and fucking uh, bossed around. That's not a good life for Ralph. No. At least it's over. Yes. But it's a terrible way to go by a goddamn booby trap generator. Well, he went out the way he kind of went in, just trying to fix things. Exactly. And, and the, the booby trap itself is not bad, the way it's set up. Like one of those old school, like, uh, 
rabbit traps. Yeah, mm-hmm. something you would have seen um, um, Bugs Bunny kind of detailing out, or this Tom and Jerry. A hundred percent a cartoon. Very much so. Very much so. But from uh, Ralph then and his demise to then the demise of some of the other characters. In fact, uh, when we've got uh, Lovely's demise, in which case we finally get the naked hairy man ass. But we, we oh, before God. this movie has we told you a little lot. We get a lot of naked hairy man yeah. ass. Yeah, know what we movie. haven't had in either the Good Son or you know Bloody Birthday? A naked hairy man ass. Okay. No dong. But I naked would, hairy man ass. We, I was waiting for dong. for dong to be hung. Right. Where I was like, oh, but they nope. didn't. You just got the man ass. Hairy you got ass. Uh, some clever little bits. I thought we maybe even got some like a uh, little bit of the beanbag, but we didn't get anything from there. Right. Like they maybe he was wearing something up on that potentially. Like I'm yeah. No, you don't need a merkin in the 70s, genius. No, that's there's true. already a lot of stuff going on there, my friend. <laughs> But, you know, we get that entire scene, which didn't take me out of the movie. It just kind of enhanced it going, wow. That's because Lovely is just seducing everybody everyone. she can. Everyone. And she's she's the, just... Her a, whole scene, when she's just shaking, he's like, I don't want you to... No. Yeah, no. She's no, like, yeah, oh, yeah mm-hmm. you are. We're going to do mm-hmm. this. And the whole time, she's just kind of like, oh, you piece of shit. She's talking shit the whole time. She's lovely on the outside, but not on the inside. She is terrible. And that's fair. That's fair. Because, again, she is the one that ultimately gets the demise from the piranha. First, she gets drowned by the nun. And then... Well, here's the thing. Remember when, the, when so the, they're waiting... She's everything's going on. They're like, oh, we can't get out. We can't escape. She goes, well, you know what? We need a plan. Well, until you find a plan, I'm going to take a bath. And we're like, the fuck? Well, you're dead now, right? And then she's sitting there taking a bath. And you just see boob, right? And there's a lot of boob shot in this. And then here comes. We're like, oh, oh, are they going to throw the piranhas in there? Were they better? Because they made a whole scene of like piranha. Piranha. (laughs) Welcome to Vernacular with Papa Doc. But like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then <clears throat> they better fucking do it. They better fucking do it. And sure enough, whoop, they threw the piranha in there. And I'm like, very nicely done. And the very piranha go to done. town, which was mwah, chef's kiss on that. So Chekhov's guns, Chekhov's piranha. Uh, the guns also eventually come into play as well, mm-hmm. as they should. Uh, the let's see here. Can we talk the uh, Chekhov sickle? This which one? Chekhov scythe. Oh, wait. Did, how did the scythe come into play with that one? It was the swing. Oh, they the attached swing. to the swing. That's right. Oh, the, the, because he goes, she, because when they're in the thing, uh, when they're in the garage of the tool shed of doom and they're looking for right. all the things, they're like, oh, look at this. I bet we can slice people with this. And uh, uh, Brian, the soldier, was like, I got a better idea. Let me see if this will work. And they're over there trying to like home alone shit. Yeah. The, what do you say? The scythe swing? Yeah. It's, and it's, it, it, it's the scythe swing. Freaking awesome. And again, another element of this movie that kind of, Heightened and elevated it for me. And then the fact that they're playing with the dead bodies. They're making a snowman. First of all, spoiler alert again. If you we're going to watch the movie, watch the movie. But don't watch the trailers, although we're just giving it away right. fucking right now. But, like, nobody survives this movie. Oh, no. no except for our, our kids. Except for our kids. Our killer but kids. The fact that you see later on Papa Dog being turned into a snowman. It's terrifying. <laughs> they're just having a good time. They break out into celebration multiple times when the the person is set on fire they're dancing they're doing, around like it's goddamn lord of the flies it's they're 
<laughs> Instead of piggy, it's boss hog. It is. It is. <laughs> I've got the conch. Let me speak. And then like <laughs> you hear and the end. <laughs> Go back and watch a little bit more of the Dukes of Hazard kids. Uh or read Lord of the Flies. Or read Lord of the Flies. Uh well actually technically Harvey Beckman his death scene is actually quite good as well. Oh, he totally He's fucking he's he was cool smack. with David. He was cool with David the whole time until like until he played chess and oh, even the, even David the elite life Leif. Garrett was like hurry up Harvey Beckman take your turn Harvey Beckman we're waiting Harvey Beckman it's right so and he's good. like fuck you little shit and he goes all right cool checkmate and then he's like good night Harvey Beckman and like you are now about to die you're on the kill list right and then next thing you know i'm gonna go chop wood and like oh that's a bad idea do you chop wood in your uh tie and slacks a lot of the times there genius no i don't i don't chop wood period but you know what good on harvey beckman though because the whole time papa doc was giving him shit and then before he cuts the wood he's like you're gonna give me this fucking job and i'm gonna go cut this wood and not because you told me because i fucking feel like it and then walks away and then like Starts chopping wood and chopping wood, and then here comes David. Can I help? And I'm like, fucking say no, or and yeah, or say yeah, sure. Go ahead, give him the axe, and then go. Now, yeah. was this after David did the put on the the other wig and the dress, or was, was that after? after? Okay. okay. No, I think no, I think a- after his kill, he celebrated. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And the actual kill itself, very much akin to kind of a Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, uh, with Joey and an axe in the back. And this is the it's one. It's a good reveal. Though. It's great, and this is it's in the trailer, and it's again, it's the it's the zoom in and the freeze frame, the Benny Hill zoom in. It's no, there was two. There was the no, that was the zoom in and freeze frame. The Benny Hill kill was the uh, harpoon because it was harpooned by Benny Hill. It was harpoon harpooned by Hill. Yeah, Benny Hill harpooning. I didn't see that one coming, actually. Me neither. Neither did she. No, she did not. And neither did Naked Nary Man as neither did uh, Major Dead. No, and he was all upset at this point because he's kind of the final guy mm-hmm. at this point. Everyone has been the you know put down by the kids, and ultimately, he, this is where we get all the bear traps. How those kids solved those so many fucking bear traps? And I felt so bad for Major Dad because, like... It, well, I mean, that would suck. Yeah, and got then, a bear trap on each hand and a foot, and this is, and then we get the final throat slice. Uh, we get a full burn in this one, and a good full burn. It was the little, you know what the little girl did? She had, did she? Is she the one that had the murderer delivery? Murder that really affected you? Yeah, because she could. So they're sitting there, and she's like, murder, murderer, and the way she said it in her face I was like, God damn! It was kind of like Debbie. Where like she's cute and precocious, and then turns into a goddamn gargoyle. That 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 tracks. That totally tracks. Um, going over my notes here, I want to make sure cover most of the stuff here. And again, the I did like some of the score. There was some very uh, Miles Davis like electric stuff. Uh, 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 what do we guys? He goes, you know, I was thinking maybe we can you can we can uh, have a little tomfoolery. He goes, she goes. I got a headache, I got a backache, I'm tired, and I think I'm getting the, the gout. gout. <laughs> Again, there's some funny stuff in this film. Yeah, there is. There's ter- it, This is 
very much one of those films that if you're talking about the weirdness of the 1970s, this is one that you can throw on. Because this is a weird-ass movie. And it is a very much a killer kids film. And I'm I'm glad I got to experience this, though. So thank you to Shudder for this, that it is streaming on a Shudder. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thoughts on... Devil Times 5. A.K.A. <laughs> uh, the, I like the way it ended. The way the, the all of a sudden it you was just trying see, to end. The, it was trying to end again. Another weird editing thing because you're like, oh, the kids survived and they're turning basically into a Pee Wee's Playhouse of Doom. Yes, right. That, and then like, yay, stop. And it would freeze. And, and then, then it would come it would back go. on. Well, what do you think? Do you think we're gonna get caught? You know what? I don't know if we're gonna get caught, but let's play. Stop. What do you want to play? I don't know. I don't want to go back. Maybe we should not go back. You know what? I get tired of this place. Stop. You get tired of this place? Don't worry. We're going to find new toys. And then the beginning. The beginning. So the beginning's at the end? All right, cool. And I'm like, well, the beginning of what? Possibly the whole devil times 10. 10? No. What they do. Oh, no. What they do is they go to the inner city in L.A. They go to L.A. And they get roped into some gangs, and then it's the devil times forty-five. <laughs> That's how we stop this, my friends. So, <laughs> next week we are going to be taking our last look into a film with killer kids, and this is very much a film that has been on the radar for many times. It oh, is yeah. in the DNA of the show. <laughs> So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Bye.